The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Hi there, I'm Rebecca Lowe. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. We are on location. It is day one in Newcastle tomorrow. We're in Birmingham at Villa Park for Aston Villa against Tottenham, but we're on air from seven. And then we'll be at the Etihad on Sunday for Manchester City against Liverpool. Second half, Robbie yeah. Wolves got better, but in the yeah. end, Newcastle got what they deserved, didn't they? They did. Uh, a bit more attacking threat. Saw a little bit more from St. Maximin. Saw Almiron and Chris Wood get only second goal for the two, but an important goal. And the scenes at the end, Rebecca, as you say, made it feel like this was more than three points. This was almost guaranteeing Premier League football next season at this football club. And we know about the, the new takeover. We know about the money at this football club. But it's so important that Eddie Howe's job was to make sure he got prem, kept Premier League football. And I think they've done that tonight. They're safe now, aren't they, Newcastle, Tim? Oh, yeah. I, I think they're, they're safe. And, you know, prior to the last three losses, they, they were unbeaten in nine. And a lot of that, you know, they, at home... We see why they're so good. We see what can be when you watch this crowd. They were up for it when the ball went in the, in the back of the net twice. Once was disallowed. But they are hungry for success, hungry for goals, and hungry for the way that Eddie Howe plays. What's really interesting as well, Bex, is when you think about what Eddie Howe's done in, in a short space of time, just think of the job that Frank Lampard's done at Everton, how difficult it can be going into clubs, to changing habits, to changing losing ways. So and how do you think he's done that, Rob? Because he's found a way of connecting with the players and turning that round into saying, and hopefully if we get him out, I, I want to know like, what are the first few things he wanted to work on? Because there was a lot going wrong with this football club when he, when he got here. And you can sometimes try and come in and do too much. But I think there's probably two or three things he's worked on the players have bought into it, they support him, and now they look like that they can say. He's got commitment, Eddie Howe, Sky Sports, just up the way with Jamie Carragher in a second, and then we're hopeful, he, we've been told he will come, Eddie Howe, and talk to us here pitch side. Um, he's just such a good coach, and you can see that with how quickly they've adapted to the way he wants to play. Yeah, and, and, when, I, and when I watch him on the touchline, he has a calm demeanour, and so when you talk about how he get, gets that point across, you can almost imagine him on the training ground being articulate, being calm, making sure that he gets his points across. Listen, the sign of a good manager is how often the light bulb can go off over players' heads each and every day, and it looks like he's getting that from us. The players. other side, though, Bruno Large, not so composed tonight. <laughs> 
No. <laughs> um, I don't know. Listen, it's the first time we've been back, first time I've seen him live, Rebecca, but he was, he was an unhappy man tonight. I think he'd be really disappointed. I've seen him be disappointed when his team have won. I think today that's, that's one of the worst performances I think we've seen under, under Bruno Lodge in this whole team. We've loved every minute of it here, pitch side. Eddie Howe is currently doing his post-match interview with the Sky Sports guys. We'll get him afterwards. In the meantime, it's up to the gantry, to Arlo and to Rob. Rebecca, thank you. Robbie, it's seven wins in 11, 10 points clear of the bottom three under Eddie Howe. The improvement has been dramatic. Did you expect it to be this quick? No, I didn't. I, I did think that they had the talent in their side to go on a run of wins, which they did in January and February. Really good run then to get them out of the trouble. Um, but this one tonight, as Robbie Earl said, I think that's enough points now, 10-point gap. Um, he's done a great job. And I think recruitment-wise in January wasn't spectacular. There weren't huge names, but they've all added something and they've just got a little bit of know-how, experience. Chris Wood, a good example today. Mm. He's maybe not going to be a star for this club for many years to come, but right now in this situation, he's done a pretty good job for them. Gimoresh looks like a decent yeah. player at this level for this football club. Yeah, no question. I, I've seen enough. Like he's going to be, he's a good player. He's a talented player. You know, he can he can play the the forward passes. He's, he's skillful enough. He's got good energy about the way he plays. Maybe it takes a little bit more time in terms of the the energy required. It's such a fast, intense league that it takes any player coming into it just a few weeks, months maybe to to get used to that. Were you disappointed with Wolves tonight? I, I was a little bit. I mean, I. Again, I, I talked about the players missing and a few more went down late. Um, it's funny, it actually hurt them being better in the second half because they did manage to get forward. But then when it turned over, they were a little bit caught defensively. And that's mm. what happened with the goal, with mm. the through ball from, uh, from Drellerton, who did really well in the second half. So both teams improved, but it helped Newcastle. It wasn't great for Newcastle. It wasn't super pretty, but that's a really important three points. All right, Robbie, we'll talk again at uh, Villa Park tomorrow. Rebecca, I know you're waiting for Eddie Howe. We'll send it back to you. Do you think, Robbie, that mm. now they're 10 points clear of the drop zone and everybody thinks they're safe, mm. Eddie Howe is now going to start having meetings about the summer and about the transfer window and all the money that he's going to get to spend? I think from the moment he walked in the door, some of those conversations were starting back. Obviously, you can't take them too far until you know you're safe, but I think we're in that position now. I think he's analysing every training session, every player, all the things that, that are important to being in a football club, and there should be some exciting times ahead for this football club. Well, we can ask him as well, because Eddie Howe, the Newcastle United manager, is on our way over. Eddie, thank you so much for joining us. We're live uh, to United States. I'm Rebecca Lowe. Lovely to Hello. meet you. Hello. You, of course, know Robbie Earl and yes. Tim Howard. Oh, okay. nice to see you. Well, Eddie, congratulations. Brilliant 10 points clear of that bottom three. Of course, disappointment with the goal disallowed in the first half, but Chris Wood got that penalty in the second. How deserved do you think the three points were tonight? Yeah, I think we, we just about deserved it. It was a tight game. Knew it was going to be. Uh, yeah, really disappointed to see the first goal disallowed because I thought it was a really good team move and um, delighted for Chris to, to score in that moment. Obviously, he got taken away from him, but uh, he did really well with the penalty as well. Under big pressure, I thought he kept his composure and, and that was the difference. Rob? Eddie, you came into this football club, you were 19th, five points from safety. There were many things that weren't working. How do you come in and decide on what the things that you're going to instill in training? Well, I think we, we came in with a clear plan of what we needed to do. We needed to first become hard to beat. I think you've got to get the, the basics right. So we spent a lot of time working on our shape and drilling the players in certain aspects of play. And I think you can see that today because Wolves are a really difficult team to play against. They play with their system and, you know, we didn't want to change ours. So we had to find a way to be solid in the middle of the pitch. I thought we did that the majority of the game. And 
um, you know, set plays and, and, all, and all the things that are so important that sometimes neglected, we really focused on. You know, when, uh, Eddie, when you, when you, I want to talk more about probably off the pitch. You inherited a team that was low on confidence by nature of being down near the bottom. When you came in, did you feel like you had to do more than just train the team on the pitch? Was there stuff you had to sort out off as well? Yeah, I think naturally you, we've got our way of working and we wanted to try and build a culture that um, will, you know, we won't deviate from. That will be us and how we work and how we behave and how we uh how we build relationships within the squad. So we've spent a lot of time on that and um, the players have responded really well to it. So we've done a lot of work on the psychology aspect, which we felt we needed to do. Um, yeah, and we've only just started that process really and we're looking forward to you know, what the future can be. Good. Eddie, we're normally 3,000 miles across the other side of the ocean on the east coast of the United States. And we do try to tell the Premier League fans in the United States a bit about this club and how special it is. And we saw at the final whistle, of course, with Hey Jude ringing out and you guys doing a bit of a lap of honour there. Just explain for our viewers in the US just how special Newcastle United as a club is. Well, it is. It's incredible because the whole city um, is so passionate about their football club. It's right. The stadium here is right in the middle of the city. It's, um, it's the heartbeat of it. And everywhere you go is, is Newcastle. So, you know, we have a serious responsibility here to try and build a, a winning team um, and a team that represents the people here. And that's a really hardworking team, a team that's dedicated to its profession and a team that wants to win. And, you know, you're not always going to achieve the, the results you want, but I think you can try and guarantee an attitude. And, and that's what we've tried to instill in the players. Relationship with, with players, Eddie, is so important. Two players really intrigue me. You've got Joe Ellington, who you've turned from a centre forward to a box-to-box midfield player, and St Maximum, just like the ability that he has and what it's like to work with every day. Explain a bit about those two. Yeah, I mean, Joe Linton, um, yeah, as you say, we came in, we've slightly changed his position. Mm-hmm. Um, but from day one, I, I felt an instant connection with him. A really great lad, you know, really wants to work and improve. Um, very low maintenance in terms of away from the training pitch, but someone who wants, wants to do the work. So I really, really like and respect him, and uh, I think he's an incredibly talented footballer. Maxi is, um, yeah, what a talent you could see today. Um, some of the things he does, you can't coach, you can't even begin to, you know, how he contorts his body and the things that he can do with the football. Um, and I've enjoyed the, the chance to build a relationship with Maxi, and I think he's um, it's an incredible talent, and, you know, I want to try and take his game even, even further and even higher, and he's capable of so much. Bruno Guimaraes, brilliant talent, big, big player, big money. Can we expect more of those signings? Are you looking, is that the type of signing you're looking to bring into Newcastle Football Club? Yeah, I think you need a balance, you know, Tim, of, of lots of different types of player to build a successful team. Now, Bruno has the technical ability that we want in a midfielder. Um, he has a great attitude, brilliant character, very determined to achieve. And he's a really good age as well. So I think he'll grow with us. So, he ticked all the boxes in terms of what we're looking for in that moment. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he would uh, epitomise the type of signing that we want to make. Eddie, the Newcastle fans in America will be delighted to have heard from you after that one. Thank you so much for your it's time. We'll let you go. I know you've got a lot Thank of you. other media duties. Thank, Thank you. you. I'll take that from you. Yeah. Thanks, Thank Eddie, for joining us here live on USA Network. And I think it's fair to say that that is a manager that has completely turned the club on its head. What an atmosphere tonight. What a job he has done. Ten points clear of the relegation zone. We feel quite special here on NBC because we got to speak to Eddie Howe before we had to speak to the boss, Amanda Staveley, part of the group, of course, that took over Newcastle United just, I guess, a matter of months ago. Now, I'm sure she will be a very happy co-owner indeed. 
maybe as happy as the man standing next to me, Chris Wood, who got his first, second Newcastle goal, but first one here and in front of the Gallagher. And especially after what happened behind us, whether it was disallowed in the first half, how did that feel? Look, it's absolutely amazing. Um, as you say, it's, it's, it's been a long time coming uh, scoring here, which is nice. Um, obviously, the first one just ruled out offside, but it's nice to actually put one in the back of the net, definitely. Rob, Chris, talk to us a little bit about playing centre-forward in the black and white for Newcastle United. Gosh, you know, you know the tradition, you know the history about it. It's huge, so it's quite a quite a, sh a burden to to take on board. But it's, it's something that you've got to embrace and challenge yourself to. Um, and I'm really enjoying the challenge at the moment. I mean, it's not always easy, and it's definitely not easy at the moment. But you've got to embrace it and then just enjoy it. Yeah, it's tough, Woodsy. I, I know Burnley. They counted on you so much. You carried so much of the goal scoring weight on your shoulders. When you come here, Robbie talked about the number nine. But you're, you're a big signing for, for a massive transfer window. Do you feel that pressure trying to get this club moving forward into, the, into what is to come next? Look, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a first stage of a, a building process. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was the here and now what was needed. Um, in the future, you can look to hopefully build and, and bring in extravagant players, more skillful, more flair, more exciting for the crowd. But at the moment, in a relegation battle, mm -hmm. it's what we needed. And uh, it's, it's, most of us have been through it before, Lady Borton. Um, so that's key in that situation. Chris, a lot of Newcastle fans in the United States love you, love Newcastle, of course. And, and we've talked a lot about you. Could you just take us back to the moment when you got the phone call to say, Newcastle want you? Look, yeah, it also happened very, very quickly. Um, it was a case of that they put in a bit in it to match my release clause, which was which is something I wasn't expecting at the time. Um, but it's nice to actually be wanted and, and be sought after. And uh, as soon as I spoke to Eddie Howe, um, I knew it was the place I needed to be to challenge myself and hopefully take my game to the next level. Talk to us a little bit what it's like playing with Alan St. Maximin in the team when he picks a ball up. What, do you, what are you thinking as a centre-forward? <laughs> Look, you're just looking for him to create. I mean, he's, he's, in, he's in a world of his own at times, but that's what makes him so good and so brilliant. Um, he can create something out of nothing, which is fantastic. Um, he's a top, top player, and uh, he has potential to go right to the top um, if he keeps working out and keeps, keeps doing what he does um, and keeps adding elements to his game. Well, we know Eddie Howe is very good tactically. Uh, aside from goal scoring, what, what is it that he wants specifically from his number nine? Look, he, he looks at every single game differently, so he'll ask you to do a different role every single week, um, which I'm enjoying playing under and enjoying getting my teeth stuck into. Um, tactically, as you say, you know he's fantastic. He is a great manager in that sense. Um, so he, he just asks you every single different week to, to try and change something, do something different, bring something more to the team, um, and that's the good thing about this, this manager. Huge sigh of relief. Great credit to Frank Lampard and to Everton. But, Robbie, I'm going to move to Manchester United because I'm trying to think of a question that I haven't asked you about Manchester United for the last nine years because it feels to me like a groundhog day, but a groundhog day that's slightly getting worse. Well, you know what? The last kind of five or ten minutes there, I'm kind of thinking, same kind of thing as you, like, what, what, what can we say about it? And I thought about, apart from the millions of Manchester United fans around the world, who, who really cares about this? Yeah, who, who really, really, really cares about that performance? Does an outgoing interim manager really care about that? Maybe not. Does some of the players, Rebecca, that we know some are probably going to be leaving that football club? Probably not. Do the owners really care about that? Maybe not. So is there enough kind of consequence? Repercussions, mm -hmm. repercussions consequences, accountability to that? The drives... 
missing, the desire's missing. Broken club is a is a cliche that we talk about. Yeah, quite a few clubs. Wow, Man United, where do they go from here? But the problem is, Tim, we are constantly, because we're of a generation, mm-hmm. we are constantly mm-hmm. comparing Manchester yes. United to the United that you were at, yeah. to the United that you played against, and to the United that I watched. They're not that club anymore. They're almost a decade past that. They're, I agree with you, Robbie. They are a million miles from their two biggest rivals, which is sad for the millions of Manchester United right. fans because they're, they're nowhere near Manchester City, nowhere near Liverpool. That's why I said earlier, of course... Ten Hag would want to uh, uh, come into a team that has Champions League football, but forget Champions League football with this team. It needs a it needs a total revamp. They need to bring in fresh ideas, fresh players. Get the players out. I mean, Paul Pogba came on today. I was hoping maybe he gave them a spark, but you know what? Didn't wasn't really even bothered. He wants and again wants out the door. There's an issue at that football club. They've become which I, I can't believe I'm saying on live television. They've become a club happy to just get into the top four. This isn't, they're not contending for titles anymore. It's really sad. Can Eric Ten Hag fix it? It will take a long time. I think we're talking, we're talking three or four years. Yeah, yeah. Really? I mean, given what you see at this moment, and and there's a lot of players there that don't really want to be at this football club Mm -hmm. as part of the problem. And, as, as a manager making a step up into this league, to this size of football club for Ajax, which itself is a big club, by the way, and he's done a good job there, but it, it is a different stratosphere. I don't know. And we, we know that he's been asking questions about the board and about recruitment, about what's going to happen and who are we look at, looking at and who's going to have to say on some of these transfers. You know, he'll want to ask questions about the club um, before, I guess, committing to them. But to answer your question, a, a difficult job to fix this now. Four we've years. Seen, yeah, we've seen managers come and... And, and fail to get on with it. It's it's more. I know Danny Higginbotham, our colleague, talks about it's more than the coaching side. It is. Yeah. It's about the recruitment. It's about the the board of directors. About the structure. The, the structure and ultimately ownership. Rebecca, do the ownership want to win as some of the other ones do in the Premier League? And they go on and and show us that with recruitment and getting their football side of it figured out. It still isn't figured out. We still see some. Not great-looking signings. They spent a ton of money, Tim. Yeah, Talking about a rebuilding yeah. now after the money they spent is, is kind of crazy, They can still really. tweak the rebuild, get some players out, recoup some of the money. But listen, they, Manchester United, need, uh, at the higher level, need to put football people in charge of football decisions. But gonna, and, what's changing, though? People. What's changing? Uh, John Murta is, is kind of inexperienced in terms of a, of a director yeah. of football. They ain't changing that. Mm-hmm. they got a technical director in Darren Fletcher. Certainly, he's got to appoint a new head coach and on the, on the go. If you're Eric Ten Hag, are you having second thoughts with every day that passes? <laughs> if he's listening to us, he would be. Uh, no, no, because again, if he gets the assurances, he'll believe in his ability. He's done it at Ajax. If he gets the assurances of bringing players in and and the ability to put his stamp on the team and he can be authoritative, yes, I think he, it's, it's something so, he wants. Last comment from me about yeah. this. Will these players want to play for him? Not all of them. No, no, not all of them. Will, should... will he get them on this? Or will they respect him enough as a coach to sort of say, okay, this is a, this is a new guy and we're going to... I don't know. I don't, I don't know whether I'm confident in saying that. Top four gone? Totally gone. Gone. Top four gone. They both say for Manchester United after that dismal display at Goodison Park. Well, look at this. We're delighted to be joined by the hat-trick hero at Villa Park, Young Min Son. Sonny, thank you so much for giving us your time and talking to us. I've got to ask you, first of all, congratulations on the hat-trick. Second of all, half-time. What did Antonio Conte say? Because that first half, Aston Villa had a ton of chances. Second half, you blew them away. No, I mean, uh, he spoke a lot, of, a lot of tactics things. Obviously, we started really well, scored first goal, and 
afterwards uh, we struggled really and uh, Aston Villa created so many chances and yeah he told us what we should do and uh, yeah he, we were also unhappy everyone everyone was really unhappy after our first half uh, performance and yeah he talking about lots and second half we knew if we do we do better uh, better things and uh, we created chances uh, this, uh, this is what we've done in the second half Tim Fantastic. I, I, I've said on the show here, you have the best first touch in world football. <laughs> I think it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. But what I want to know is, since Pochettino, you've had three managers. But something's changed now. Something's different. This team really seems to be clicking and understanding. No, I mean, uh, we're working uh, really, really hard every single day. I mean, this is it's like, I would say, really insane, you know, like, <laughs> with, with tactically, with, uh, with the details, you know, I yeah. think... I had a lot of lot of amazing managers, and mm-hmm. especially now with uh, with this manager, we we know where where to be. Mm-hmm. We know where to, you know, with nobody's giving you move for the other players, mm-hmm. make the spaces, and obviously you're doing it, but you don't tell you, you know. So I think, but now with the, with those those details, uh, make us really really strong, and everyone understand this feeling, mm-hmm. and. We know score. We know we scoring a lot of goals. We create so many chances, and that's why we are doing it. And we understand really, really well. So I think that's a big difference. You've always linked up well with Harry Kane, mm-hmm. um, but what specifically is it now that Conte works with you as one of a front three that's maybe different to previous managers? Well, I mean, nothing really, because uh, with uh, Harry and me, understanding was a previous already, already I think well because we are playing each other long time so I mm. think we are understanding really well so uh, if Harry's uh, going deep I know I know where it's going to be spaces and I run into the space if you do, a defender doesn't follow follow Harry I'm, I'm free or if they follow me Harry is free so I think this is understanding really well but we are working on it as well. We are talking about after single training session. Okay, you if mm. you drop, I'm gonna running this. Uh, sometimes Harry doesn't look and he passed to me. So yeah. I think this is really just a really quick follow up to Kulusevski. What was he brought to the mix? I mean, um, don't don't underrate his performance. I mean, well, we don't. I mean, yeah. he's working really hard for the team. He play for the team. He makes a move for Harry, for for me, and for the for the players who is um, who is playing. I mean, he's. I think bring a really, really positive energy for the for the team. Sonny, just quickly before you go, a few weeks ago your manager said to get into the top four would be a miracle. Well, Arsenal lost today as we heard the Spurs fans cheering. You're three points clear of them now. How do you look at the top four now? Whew. I mean, uh, there's still seven games to go, so I don't want to talk about, yeah, we're going to make it. No, but there's seven games. Uh, I think every single game is a final, so we know how tough we're going to be because everyone wants to be Champions mm-hmm. League. So... Yeah, we need to focus ourselves. We need to look our, ourselves. We need to bring our best performance every single week. So then we see. I think this is our this is our aim. We want to finish in the Champions League for next season. Well, you did brilliant today. Congratulations on another fantastic day and the hat trick for you, Sonny. Thanks for joining us and our audience in the United States of America here on NBC. Thank you. Thank you very much. Joining us here now on NBC Sports, Aston Villa manager Stephen Gerrard. Stephen, first of all. Commiserations. How do you get your head around walking off after that first half and then walking off after that second half? Well, look, I think the story is pretty clear. Um, couldn't be any more proud and happier with the first half performance. Obviously, the goal aside, I thought we were very dominant. thought we created numerous chances. The only thing that was missing was us taking them chances. But in terms of our play and how we wanted it to look, in terms of what we've worked on, uh, we said to the players at half-time, that's exactly how we want this team to look. Can we find that in the second half and can we 
keep posting them performances consistently if we do we'll be totally fine second half the second goal was a, a real blow um, I'm not I'm really disappointed in the second third and the fourth goal from a defensive point of view I thought their top players made it about our defensive line and they were ruthless with pure quality but from my point of view you've got to be disappointed to concede three goals like that because you can't give people that time and space in your box for sure and one ball can't hit you through the heart of your team and that's what happened on two occasions Tim yeah Stevie you were blistering in the first half I thought you guys were very very good as you've mentioned you've also talked about trying to get 90 minute performances get getting two good halves of football yeah. together how do you and your coaching staff go about doing that well I think when you're playing the top sides in the league it's the minimum that you need to get results um, because if you don't, as you've seen today in the second half, if you fall away or you drop your standards, these teams are ruthless, they've got world-class players. We have found 90-minute performances against teams lower down, and we've done similar things to them, i.e. Southampton, for example, but we're certainly a work in progress. We've got tons of work to do. Um, you can see in the second half, defensively, we've got tons of work to do, and there's certainly a gap to the sides above us right now. Um, in the short term, we need to keep fighting and keep pushing and try and finish the season in the best position we can. And then these players need some support and some help. So the recruitment's so important moving forward, and that's what we'll do. But there's a lot of work on the training ground that needs to happen for sure. Just thinking kind of philosophy-wise and tactical-wise, given the way that you play with the diamond in midfield, it's a very attack-minding looking side. But given those counter-attacking goals, does it make you think about maybe tweaking the stability in midfield to try and protect the back four a little bit more at certain times whilst attacking? Listen, I, I felt in the first half our balance behind the ball yeah. and, and, and tactically we were spot on. We were aggressive in the counter-press. Um, we have three midfielders, actually. It's not so much a diamond where we ask our eights to run and run forward. It's more three that slide. Um, but I don't think the second, third and goal, second, third and fourth goal were down to our shape or, or, or thing. You know, I think it's individuals within our shape having to defend moments better yeah. and be more aggressive. I mean, the one way that gets played down to Sonny, he's facing the opposite stand. We allow him to turn, we allow him to make a pass. It's yeah. too passive. So we've got a lot of work to do defensively for sure. With the players I've got available from now till the end of the season, maybe when we're playing the top sides, maybe we might have to tweak one or two things for sure. Yeah. Mm. Stephen, we wish you luck for the rest of the season and thank, thank you, you so much, much for joining us on Thank NBC. You. Great to see you again. Cheers. Thanks, Steve. And joining us here now on NBC Sports, the Tottenham manager, Antonio Conte. Antonio, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations. At half-time, did you expect 4-0? Uh, honestly, and uh, I always trusted in, uh, in a good result because uh, uh, the first half was, uh, was really tough because Aston Villa brought great intensity and uh, they put uh, a lot of pressure. But at the same time, uh, um, when, uh, when we were good with the ball and uh, I have seen that we can create chances to, to, to score. We scored one goal, but then we had uh, also uh, two opportunities to, to, to improve. And unfortunately, the second half, uh, um, uh, I, know, I know that the intensity, uh, Aston Villa intensity, um, should drop a bit. And then when we start to play, then we created the chances to score. We improved the the, uh, the score, and uh, yeah, mm, I'm happy because uh, uh, during the game uh, there are moments that you have to show resilience, uh, you have to to show to be solid, uh, sol solidity, and uh, I think my my team is improving also in this aspect, and. Uh, 
if you want to be competitive, if you want to fight uh, for something important, uh, it's important to, to play good football, and we did with the ball, but at the same time, without the ball, you have to respect uh, the, the, the oppon your opponent, and I think we did this in the in a good way. Hugo Lloris was, uh, was very good in the first half, and uh, he made uh, good saves. Uh, but uh, I repeat, it's not easy to play here. Fantastic atmosphere, and uh, <laughs> it was very, very difficult. Yeah. Antonio, con congratulations. Thank when you. I when I watch your strikers, they play with so much freedom. All three, they they come deep. They, they tactically they have freedom. Is that how you want them to play? Yeah, but um, <clears throat> we work a lot. We work a lot under tactical aspect and. Uh, I think uh, when I just arrived in uh, in uh, in Tottenham, I understood very well, and uh, media uh, media was very clear, because I think a good manager, try a good coach, try to exploit the characteristic of the of, of the players that you have, and uh, we have players in front up, very very good, with specific characteristic, and uh, there is a player like uh, Harry. Kane, that is uh, it's very difficult to describe uh, the importance no, of this play because uh, it's not only a number nine, it's not only a striker, but he's a fantastic when, uh, when he drops to receive the ball and then the other two, the other two number ten become strikers, no? Sonny, Deki, uh, Kulseski, and then uh, Bergwin, uh, and then uh, Lucas. I think uh, we work, we work a lot on the tactical aspect to try uh, the good connection between them, uh, the good link, and I think that uh, the work, uh, uh, the hard work that we are doing is working uh, a lot now. Absolutely. It's, it's pretty obvious that results are much better, the performances are much better, but what specifically are you most happy with the team's performance right now? I, I'm, happy, I'm happy because uh, uh, we played this game after uh, uh, we, uh, we knew the result of other uh, mm -hmm. other teams that uh, are in the in the same race mm -hmm. now for the Champions League, and uh, I think it was a good exam for mm -hmm. for us because uh, uh, during the season there are specific moments that you have to feel. No, you have to feel the the blood of your opponent, and uh, you have to try to uh, to exploit. Important situation and so today like it's like it was mentality. Uh, yes, right about the mentality. Yeah. We are working also about the mentality to make this uh, this team strong, not only tactically, technically, physically, but also mentally, because uh, um, we have a lot of space for improvement uh, also under this aspect. But I'm very happy because I, I have a group of players that they show me every day. Mm -hmm great commitment, great behaviour, great desire to improve. And when you have this type of situation, the coach has to be very, very, very happy. You can win or you can lose, but now I'm very happy because I'm seeing a strong team. It's not simple to to play now against us. Mm -hmm. Antonio, Tottenham fans in the United States will be very happy as well today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. 
it probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Liverpool fans are going nowhere. 2-2 between Manchester City and Liverpool, the two best teams in the country, put on quite the display and absolutely delighted to say that the Liverpool captain has joined us here at our pitchside desk, Jordan Henderson. Thank you so much for joining us. There are a ton, millions of Liverpool fans in the United States of America. So we're talking to them right now. First of all, how was that to play in? Um, yeah, it was tiring. <laughs> um, it was hard work, of course. I knew, well, we knew it would be. Um, it's going to be tough coming here, a fantastic team, and we needed to, to give it everything if we wanted to get something out of the game. Um, we managed to do that in the end, but to be honest, we wanted to come here and, and obviously get three points. Um, so a lot of positives to take, but things we can improve on and do better as well. Yeah, you, you ran your socks off. It was, that was a brilliant game of football. What is the feeling? You wanted to get the three points, of course. There was a lot of hype around this game. What's the feeling in the dressing room now? Mixed emotions, I think. You know, I think, obviously, City are a fantastic ta- team. They created so many chances that they could obviously win the game. Um, I think we showed great resilience to come back um, twice um, from going behind. Um, so there's, there's a lot of positives to take from the game. And in normal circumstances, I think coming to the Etihad and getting the point isn't too bad. But at this, where we are in the season, you know, and... Um, and, and how many games are left we, we wanted to come here and win so a little bit of disappointment but that's football we've got to push down move on quickly and get ready for the next game there's a lot of talk about people like us in the media about the quadruple what's the conversation in the dressing room about anything like that nah nothing <laughs> nah nothing we're, we've got too many games and, and, and too many tough teams to play to even think about that that's I don't think that's ever been done ever so that shows how difficult that is so for us it's about concentrating on the next game this was the biggest one and then Benfica, the next one, is the next biggest one. And we'll just continue like that and give absolutely everything um, in every game we play. Jordan, just back onto the game, and specifically in midfield. When you play against Man City and Kevin De Bruyne, what do you focus on? What's your job when you play against those guys? Um, well, we've got to defend as well as a team. You know, you don't want to be pressing individually and getting picked off. So you've got to defend well tactically as a team, which I felt we did well at times. Can't give them too much space in the middle. Um, but the quality players, so they're going to get... Is De Bruyne a find... problem playing in a little the higher? Brown's always you. a problem. You know, he's a, he's a world-class <laughs> player. He's a top player. He's always going to find pockets. He's always going to find positions to, to get on the ball and hurt us. Um, and it's about trying to limit that as much as possible. And to be fair, I think we've done that well at times today of course you, you can't do it every time but we're doing it as best we could yes could it have been better probably um, but we'll give everything you know we left everything on the pitch um, and we can have no regrets Jordan just finally we watched from the United States when you lifted the trophy in 2020 but in an empty stadium how much does this prospect of lifting the Premier League trophy in front of a packed Anfield is that spurring you on maybe even more yeah, to, 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 be, to win a trophy, you, got, you give everything anyway. That's what you dream of um, as players, as a team, um, especially at this football club. We, we want to be winning trophies and, um, yeah, we want to just give absolutely everything. And, of course, um, to celebrate the fans would be extra special. Um, but we can't think too far ahead. We've just got to concentrate on our job in hand and that's the next game and the next challenge. And we'll have a lot of challenges coming up in the next few weeks. We let go. Thank you so much Thanks for so joining much. us, Jordan. Thank you. 
Welcome to Goalzone, presented by Toyota. Final score, Manchester City 2, Liverpool 2 in this top-of-the-table clash. And the man who scored the second goal for Manchester City today, Gabriel Jesus, is with us here at the pitch side desk. Gabriel, congratulations on your goal today. Tell us how the result is being felt in your team right now. So, uh, yeah, a lot because, you know, uh, we know we can win this game. We had a lot of chance to win. But it is not that bad result because, you know, they, they have an amazing team. They fight in uh, a lot every game with uh, us. So, yeah, we are a little bit sad today because we can win the three points. But it's not that bad. How, how good does it feel? How good does it make you feel that with such a big squad, Pep Guardiola can choose any player and for the big matches, the big moments, he selects you? So since uh, I arrived here, uh, we we buy a lot of pl uh, players, good players, amazing players, to decide the games, to to enjoy, to to play uh, well, to help us to win the titles. So we have uh, done a lot. That's why you know the club uh, is uh, grow more and more every season. So yeah, uh, this helps us a lot. You know, everyone can play, can help the team. Brilliant. It was a bit of a surprise for us to see you in the team. When did you know you were playing? Uh, normally we know the team uh, two or three hours before the game. <laughs> but I knew it uh, yesterday. Uh, so I was happy, you know. Uh, uh, players no. who want <laughs> to... <laughs> it's okay. Players who uh, want to play, but like we have an amazing squad. Uh, sometimes we don't play, we be a, a little bit sad, but we try to help uh, outside pushing the team. So yeah, I'm happy to I'm happy to help my team. Today. Fantastic job, Gabriel. Thank you so much. We will let you go thank and you. continue thank your you. media duties. Thank you, Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool manager. As you can see, has joined the party. Jurgen, it's so lovely to see you. Thank you so much for coming in and chatting. So, talk us through your thoughts after what was quite the game. Yeah, it was an intense one. Eh? So um, I, I, the best description I have, it's like a boxing fight. Like, and I mean, both, if you put out the arms for a second, then you get a massive <laughs> knock, and that's what happened to both teams. The start obviously in the game was better for City with this first attack, where Ali could uh, make a proper save. Um, but then around our goal, which we scored, that was the plan. We we, we knew. We, we, I really think we are we are a step further than we were a year or so ago in in, in possession and. Um, that's what we have to do in these games because it's really difficult. They defend really well, but it's possible to, to give them there some struggles. And around our goals, we did exactly that. I would have loved to do it more often, um, but obviously the intensity was crazy. And um, so you, you, need, you could see both teams needed kind of a little deep breath and then thought, OK, and then go, go again. So always when we defended them well, like half spaces, Hendo stepped up or Thiago stepped up, then they had to play back passes. When they didn't, when we didn't do that, then it was just like a set piece and it chipped the balls behind our line. And that's really difficult to have the right line. So without pressure on the ball, you can't have a high line. But the runs of them were really good. So I think they were a bit more direct than they usually are. Um, but why not? <laughs> why not? It's allowed. And... I'm fine with the game and, and, and absolutely the result as well, of course. So I would have loved to win, but um, I'm happy that we didn't lose because of the, obviously, the, I think the, the offside decision was right, but really hmm. little. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, very, fine. very, very, very. very. Um, Robbie, you have a yeah, question? I'd love to know what you said at half time. First half was difficult. 
trying to get out your own half at times, trying to play out. Didn't see that at all in the second half. Did you change anything about that part of the game? No, no, no. Um, you are right, but it was only moments we had in the first half already, good moments. Not, how I said, not often enough. But we showed the boys the goal we scored. And not because of the goal, no, because of the way we played through their, through their formation. Um, and we wanted to do that more often. And then, obviously, defensively, we needed... <sighs> It's really tricky to defend them, really tricky. Yeah. But I don't think anybody of you saw that often back passes from City or, or stuff like this when they couldn't quite get it right in moments. It was because the boys put a proper shift in. Yeah. And it's like you have to defend them with the, 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 wing, with the, with the wingers and in half space. Aids have to step up constantly, these kind of things. And then when you feel, so you have to be compact and until they play this one pass which you have to smell or, 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 or sense a little bit and then you go for it so we had these moments all these moments but the, the main thing what we could have done better first half what we did second half better was in possession so because um, it should not be easy to defend us and it wasn't in, a, in these moments but now like I said uh, we have space for improvement that's um, absolutely fine uh, but I really think we are a different animal meanwhile um, in, in these kind of situations Two teams very sort of different in the, in the way you play and your philosophies. How, how difficult is it to prepare for playing Manchester City? No, the preparation is not so difficult. It's clear what you have to do. The only problem is we, we talk about human beings. Oh. <laughs> oh, and that's really... And you have to stay confident. You have to do this and that. And again, they, 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 they were more direct than in, in, in the past mm. in games. So all these balls in behind, De Bruyne constantly ready to go in behind using their speed. Um... And you can that only defend if you wait deep, but that's not us. That's not us. So and it's, you have to be yourself, um, but of course adapt to what the opponent is doing. The preparation is actually a pure joy, to be honest, um, because I, for me it's easy. I sit in front of a tactical board and, and I, I can tell the boys to do this, <laughs> do do that. this. I, I don't have to do it. <laughs> so that's the best job in the world in these moments. But um, I'm, I'm really happy about the, the performance. It, anything could have happened here today, yeah. and I really thought that was the game um, we, we, we could have expected between these two games uh, teams. And now we have Benfica, very important, and then we meet again, which is <laughs> crazy. But we know more, obviously, about each other again, and uh, let's see what we can make of that. It's such an intense game. You had to draw. You obviously wanted to come here and get a win. Is it? What was the message? Can you give us a little insight into the message to your team after the game? I, mean, I told the boys exactly. I'm very honest in these situations. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with a lot of things, but it feels a little bit. There was more in for us today. There's more in. I would have loved that we did it, but it's, it's completely fine because, again, it's, if we. I thought we, we gave them more problems than in the past yeah. in our possession moments, and that's what is, is for us the next step. So this, this we will obviously uh, we will not leave the Premier League. So it means we, we just play next year again against them, and it's for us important. I, I saw a big improvement from my boys in, in, over the last two three years, and I'm really pleased about that. But um, this team is not to defend 100% and you know it yourself when, when you lose challenges when you miss passes and stuff like this that's not that you, you, every person shakes it's not that you think oh who cares yeah, you might think who cares but the rest of your body thinks oh that was shit anyway <laughs> so um, and then these are, that's the situation so we just stay in the game do the right stuff do it again and again and I'm really happy about a lot of things and, but I really like that we, that we know what we can improve 
And we will obviously work on that. If it will be enough until next week, I don't know. Or this week and the weekend, I don't know. Um, but, um, yeah, in the future, for sure. Jürgen, you know you have huge fans in the United States of America, huge Liverpool fans out there as well. They will have loved nothing more than to hear you just talk. So thank you so much for joining us. We'll take that you away from welcome. you. Thank, thank you, you Jürgen. Thank you. Bye. Brilliant stuff thank there. You. What an insight there from Jürgen Klopp. And we're just waiting for Pep Guardiola, who's just doing another broadcast next door. Robbie Musto, it's interesting there. He's obviously very, very happy. He really feels that like they're in a very different position, yeah. doesn't he, from just a year ago. Said a couple of times, you know, they're going to play again, of course, uh, in the FA Cup. Um, yeah, kept saying the same things about the midfield, wasn't it? I think he mm -hmm. felt that was the key area, and it's mm -hmm. tough to stop them. And when they can pounce and pressurise and try and win it back, then there's a little trigger, and, and that's what he expects from his team. I thought second half was much different, much more of an even game, mm -hmm. where City in the first half had more territory, got in behind him a little bit more. But he made some big changes at half-time, and the second half looked very, very different. Tim, how difficult is it that they then have to now... I mean, it's already Sunday evening. Yeah. They've got Benfica, as he was yeah. saying, and it's crazy. They've got the FA Cup semi-final against Man City again next weekend. How hard for the players, Tim? Well, it, it, nearly impossible, and his job is the hardest because the players just have to wait for the game plan from him. They need to recover their bodies, and he and, he and his staff, will, will, they won't sleep tonight, they won't sleep tomorrow. They'll be looking at film, trying to, trying to devise a game plan and a selection to advance... We talk about the quadruple advance in the Champions League and then go win a cup against this team. It's so incredibly difficult. So much prep to do, talked Rob. about this group getting better, Rebecca. Let's also note that they're deeper. The squad's deeper. There's, mm -hmm. there's more rotation. There's opportunity to play other yeah. players. That might be something that, that starts to happen over the next few yeah. weeks now as they try and maintain and stay close to Manchester City. The other competitions, we might see one or two changes. How do you look at their Champions League and their FA Cup week? How do you look at there being a successful week for Liverpool this well, week? Well, I think the, the Champions League is almost done against Benfica, and they both had very different experiences on Tuesday. I'm so pleased that this was Sunday because they've had plenty of time to recover. We saw a brilliant game on the back of that, but they've got an easier way into the next round of the Champions League for sure. The FA Cup against the... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, keep playing against them must be so, so difficult and so challenging. But, yeah. And, and, but you know what? When you think about the semi-finals of the Champions League, mm. it might be the draw. It might be how those games go determine how they react both before and after those yeah. games in terms of the league, the campaign, and, and whether they drop points. It always is in, in kind of March-April time, the Champions League latter stages, that sometimes is drop-off for Premier League sides of these guys the weeks after and, and who they play, etc. That's the, the moment where we might see some movement at the top of the table. Robbie, how much is it now about mentality as yeah, much as physicality? Yeah, now yeah. we are in mid-April and they're still going on virtually every front. Absolutely, and Jürgen touched on it there. It's about the mood of players. Little things sometimes can just put you off, Rebecca. A bad game, a bad pass, a, a bad miss, and sometimes... But aren't they better than that, Rob? Aren't they better than that? Well... I'm sure the mentality of both of those teams is, yeah. is really good, isn't well, the it? The manager's talked about how that he's got to do that, and, and it was interesting. He, he talked talked about Mane and Salah, actually, and said, at times, the African Cup of Nations was an important time for them. Yeah, you can see the two managers here, a high five between them and a, a little chat as we... Uh as we await Pep Guardiola, I mean, this is just brilliant stuff. Look at these two. I mean, we've seen manager rivalries down the years, and sometimes they're not as friendly. I don't think Arsene Wenger and uh, Sir Alex Ferguson were ever quite as friendly as this. I don't remember seeing too many shots of them having a good old chin wag on the side of the pitch. I'm not sure Jose Mourinho and Arsene Wenger were ever friends either. But Pep Guardiola, thank you very much, Pep. Come in, come in. We're talking live right, to the United guys, States of America. Thank Hello. you so much for joining us. First of all, your overall emotion is what right now? Uh, first of all, congratulations, United States of America qualified for the World Cup. They did, uh, they yeah. did, exactly, yes. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, it was nice, it was nice. I think uh, 
We defend the Premier League all around the world in the wood way, Liverpool and Man City. We did everything both teams. When both teams want to try to do, we did it. The threats they have up front, always <laughs> you leave. But we play incredible well during 90 minutes. And yeah, it's 2-2. Two, two. Unfortunately, we could not win, but we tried to. We did it to, to try it. Yeah, such a joy to watch, Tim. Yeah, Pep, you, you, you've played against your club 23 times. It's virtually even. What, and you have to play again next weekend. What makes this team so difficult? How he sets his team up? What, what makes it so difficult to play against? First, because Jurgen is the best. Second, um, he says you're the best. Yeah. <laughs> I return the compliment. <laughs> I return the compliment. So it was an inspiration uh, for many reasons. So and uh, uh, I think both. I think we tried to do this beautiful show, a better place, and and we tried to do it to win the games inside. In the last four or five years, it was an incredible battle. You know, fighting for. Uh, for the Premier League and they, they are good they, they press high really well they have many things they are exceptional so mm. yeah but yeah the result is what it is I had the feeling that we leave them alive let them alive <laughs> today had that feeling and uh, but even winning or losing still seven games left and and I would say that uh, today we finish the situation and yeah we have to know so seven games we have to win all of them to be champion Pep often we get the team sheep before the game and we try and work out how you're going to set up and we can never quite understand who the central false nine is going to be. What dictates that for you? No, today was not a false nine. The, the, how, how, how Liverpool defends so, so high. Mm-hmm. So the false nine, you don't find him. So the space is behind yeah. and uh, we try to, you know, to make a movement and uh, we arrive many times across the pass back and especially the last minutes actions that uh, the decision-making could have been better. Mm. We'll be one against one against Alisson, but uh, yeah, it's okay. So that, that was the reason why. Pat, we, we enjoyed the game so much today. Two teams, <coughs> fantastic, so even, so tight. And you've both been in this race before. What's going to make the difference to the title in this last seven games? I would like to know it, <laughs> but I don't know it. So now you have to travel to Madrid with an incredible big effort. And after if you up again, six days in against them, they are so annoying, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and after we know what you have to do. So every game is a... Uh, so we had the feeling. They, I think they had the feeling. If we lose, we are not going to win. <laughs> so now we play against them. I had the feeling uh, with a big chance we missed today the, the to beat them. The players a little frustrated in the dressing room that they had a couple of chances to I tell win them, it. I'm going to kill you if you don't go out with a heads up <laughs> yeah. and announce and pronounce all around the world how proud you have to be for the way you played today. Mm. Always we judge about the results, the results. Yeah. How could I say anything wrong to these players, the way we played? So... Mm. And after we, we lose the Premier League, well, we lose the Premier League, we try the next season to do it, but the way they perform... Make proud our people, and I think the, the fans of football, you know, to watch yeah. this game, what else? Yeah. Like George Clooney saying advertising, what else? So, <laughs> Just give us a quick insight, Pep, into your job now with Atletico Madrid in, mid- Madrid in midweek and then the FA Cup. So tonight, are you going home and getting ready tonight for Madrid? No. Rest tonight. Before when I was young, yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of energy, but now no. <laughs> no. no, no, no. Glass I of go- wine tonight. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I will forget and I will... I will rest and I will then tomorrow because I would love to have more days. I don't have days, but not tonight, no. Tonight, no, no. Family and enjoy Tiger and uh, the Masters, <laughs> the final round. And that's all this is going to do. Lovely stuff. Pep, thank okay. you so much. Lovely welcome. to meet you. Thank, thank you so much for the microphone. Thanks, Pat.
Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Pep Guardiola. We've had a myriad of interviews, which was wonderful. What did you take, Tim, from some of those? Well, it was really impressive insight from Jurgen Klopp when he talked about what his game plan is and how he wants his players, to, particularly Henderson and Thiago, and he wants them to get in the half space and he wants them to press. And then he says, that's the game plan, but they're human because what ended up happening was Manchester City left three players high. The support wasn't able to come in from behind, so Thiago and Henderson couldn't press. So you talk about game planning all week and then the lights come on and something different happens and these world beaters, these superstars that we think are robotic are actually human. And so it's amazing watching the managers having to figure these things out on the fly. And actually the managers, let's stick with that, Robbie, because I think I mentioned it as we were waiting for Pep Guardiola to join us. It's something special here, you know, because when you're at top of the league and you're at top of your game, there isn't a lot of space normally for love of the opposition. But these two, we saw them embrace a couple of times today, super complimentary of each other last week. How special a rivalry is it with the managers and the teams, actually? The Premier League has always lived on great rivalries with Beckham. I mean, you talked to Fergie and, and Wenger and, and Fergie and when Jose come in and we saw Rafa Benitez who was there, and a number of players. This one's special. This one's current. This is the one that is now. And what I find the most impressive thing about it is the rivalry is taking each club higher and further and being pushed to a certain level where the biggest winner is the Premier League, as us, the viewer. We are seeing some of the football, some of the pace, speed and intensity of the football here. That isn't the game I played 15, 20 years ago, I can tell you. To be honest, well, Rob, would you rather it be a little bit more... Like a bit nasty with a <laughs> well, with a, well, no, I, I just think it's it, unusual. It, it's isn't it? an art now. <clears throat> there's a real craft <clears throat> to playing at this level at, at, in these two teams <clears throat> that they're setting the, a benchmark that the others are struggling to keep up with. How long, Robbie? Is it going <clears> to? <throat> could it be a one summer thing that a Tottenham or a Chelsea or an Arsenal or a United yeah. could close the gap, or is it going to be no. more than one it's summer more of transfer than one window? Summer thing, and, and and here's my my, my reckoning <clears throat> to that. I, I would say. When Liverpool used to come and play City, they had to play the heavy metal football, the intensity. They had to disrupt the game to win. Now Jurgen Klopp said it here, we're more mature. Mm-hmm. We can come here with possession. But that's taken time. He said two or three years it's taken them to get to that level. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.